Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. <laughs> I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. Back to back champs, kings of the north with it. Thinking they can hang with us, still ain't jumped out the porch with it. Long bomb to chase every Sunday, watch him go and get it. Double up on him, then we gon' double down on T. Higgins. Just throw Boyd in the mix, now you really iffy. Every Sunday, show boys how they really gritty they try to shuffle up the game on us but they ain't icky flip the coin kick the toe roger to go and get it never know what's gonna happen when joe drop back he gets shiesty in the pocket i get shiesty on the track nobody on the team all pro that's all cap most all around team in the nfl that's all fact and came across nobody yet it seemed like they can hang with us they said we couldn't be buffalo but see how we call they bluff underdogs every week they keep on trying to label us put your money on us even if vegas don't favor us no matter what we really came up now it's hard to fail i dare you come across that middle von gon' ring your I know we under they skin, them boys built frail Eli Apple out there chirping like a next tail You don't want Sam and Trey to come off them ends Rita clogging up the middle like a big body bend Right behind them Logan and Pratt, the turnover twins Jesse Bates in the backfield just to clean up the loose ends We just drafted Cam and drafted Hill Instant gratification every time that they on the field We can't go back to what we was cause that's the loser way Hey what's up everybody, I'm Porkchop Welcome to Bangles and Brews without Dale he just started back to school today. He's a school teacher, so he's doing his thing. And so we're going to do our thing and carry it on. I'm here with my co-host, the official co-host, uh, Big Savage Greg, the duck killer. And then uh, my good buddy from way back in the day. Like to keep way it, back in the day. Way back in the day, man. It was a whole different life for us. Chad Brendel, who's also a celebrity. He's on the radio, man. Covering for Mo Ager, and I heard you. Hey, I heard you cover for Lance the other day too on Seven Hundred. So that was big time, man. Yeah, they gave. Well, it was Fourth of July, so nobody else wanted to work, so they gave me the. (laughs) They reluctantly gave me the keys to the nice car uh, one time, and they haven't asked me back. So. (laughs) Well, you did an awesome job, man. And then uh, also, you write for the Bearcats, and you got a Bearcat show too, right? Uh, We got we got a whole network. We do uh, a number of shows. We got a. We got an all Cincinnati sports show that we're getting ready to start up here soon with a a very, very awesome uh, co-host that's going to be joining the network that I'm excited about. I can't announce it yet. I can't drop it yet, but 
it'll be coming up on Tuesday nights uh, on uh, the Bearcat Journal YouTube. So uh, we do all kinds of fun stuff, man. We have a good time with it. Here's Jeff. He's probably going to ask here in the chat if you'd be on his show. <laughs> yeah, up, Jeff? I've been on his show. Uh, yeah. You guys, you guys caught me at a very lucky time. I normally don't. Uh, normally don't have a window but you caught a i know window you threaded the needle with the 330 start so uh, i was able to jump in for a few well we're on at 330 a lot of days now we're doing the 330s on uh monday wednesday and friday so anytime you want to jump on at 330 let us know you're always welcome please do all right Sounds you good. fit you fit with the uh the, with the show bangles and brews i like the both of those things there you go uh what's up to everybody in the chat Thank you for joining us. If you got any questions for Chad, make sure you send them in and we'll pop them up there and see what he says. But uh, let's start off by talking. We haven't had you on here since we drafted, right? Is that true? Uh, yeah, it's been right since the draft, I think. So, I mean, just starting off, like, all the way back at the draft, which is your favorite pick? What was your favorite pick at the draft and what's turning out to be your favorite pick now that training camp's going on? I mean – in the NFL, you have to have pass rush. So, you know, Murphy is, is a guy that if he hits, you, you get a lot of mileage out of, especially at the, you know, I think it's something that the franchise has adapted to pretty well, but it, it takes a special organization to be able to draft at the back of the first round at the very end and still be able to find value. Um, so, you know, that, that part is important. Um, and then wide receiver, you're going to have to find he's, he's up there. So, Somebody is going to have to replace Tyler Boyd because, uh, you're not going to have the money to pay everybody. So if they hit on one of the wide receivers that can, that can help them in the slot, uh, and, and be a little bit versatile and, and play a couple different roles, then, you know, um, th that's long-term what they're going to have to start, you know, I, I like the philosophy that they're kind of showing right now right. and that we're drafting not for this year, but we're drafting to get a guy in the system, get him coached up right. and then be ready when we need him next year, when X, Y, Z player uh, becomes expendable. And they did that last year with Dax Hill too, didn't they? Right. Yes. So you're yeah. starting to see that philosophy. It's again, Drafting at the back of every round is an adjustment. Like you're not, the hit rate is going to be the, the the target is going to be a lot smaller. Um, trying to find those impact guys at the back of every round, uh, and it's something that the great teams have figured out. Kansas City is hitting on a ton of those guys at the back end of every round. New England did it for. You know, 30 years it felt like when they had Tom Brady, like they hit at the back of every round. So it's just an adjustment that, you know, I think they're adapting to pretty well. Uh, but we'll continue to see as time goes on, do these guys hit where, you know, XYZ leaves, this guy steps in, fills the role, and it continues as seamlessly as possible. I mean, it seems like every one of those draft picks are hitting so far. I mean, we haven't yeah. seen Charlie Jones out there. Too. I think that his shoulder's bothering him. He's got he a torn – he's playing with the torn labrum this year, they say. Right. Yeah. So he didn't do much in the preseason game, but maybe that had something to do with it. And then I saw today that they had uh, Craig's buddy, Yosivach, catching uh, punt returns. Was it punt returns or kickoffs? 
I wake up at three o'clock, Dad. This is what I look like when I roll out of bed. No, I I uh, I was at higher ground all day. So okay. you're pretty isolated when they get you out in the woods. <laughs> There's very little cell service. Uh, you don't get to keep up with the Twitters as much as. Is that where their camp's at? Day. Yeah, it's they're, they're in West camp? Harrison, Indiana, at like out in the middle of nowhere. Shit, that's where uh, I grew up. I know in Harrison. It's yeah, it's uh. It's really, really cool if you've never been out there. Like, everybody that goes out there for the first time is like, what in the world? What kind of, like, alternate reality did I just walk into? Um, but, it, you know, it's all football for a couple weeks, and uh, you, you get a you get a good sense of nature. It's a hell of a drive, though, isn't it? So for me, it's about 40 minutes both ways. I'll tell you what, though, man. I used to love uh, Bengals camp when it was down in uh, Kentucky. Yes, I did too. I used to love Georgetown. going down there. Yeah, Georgetown yeah. at that little college, you know, little yeah. stadium. Oh, it was awesome. I loved driving down there. I know it was like a two-hour drive, but it was like so, it was so much fun to drive down that cool little town. All there was, I think, was like a No Charlie's, a Cracker Barrel, McDonald's, and that's about it. Probably Dairy Queen months. too. Dairy Queen, yes. All those Queen. all those little towns got, all a got a Dairy Queen, Queen. and got not it. like the ones you see up here, like the old school, like walk-up window, right? Yeah, like the authentic Dairy Queens. Yeah, get you a fucking deli bar. With that good, good soft serve. Yeah. Damn right. So, <laughs> moving forward to the preseason game that we just ha- this happened on Friday. Some of the guys here, we got so many different hosts now. They did a show on Saturday recapping. Call it the brew cap from the game. Uh, what stood out to you in the preseason game? I, I didn't get to see a ton. Um, I kind of had it in the background, and I was going back and forth between the Reds. We were getting ready for uh, Saturday was UC's first scrimmage. So kind of getting stuff ready for that, but uh, are we are we officially worried about quarterback behind Joe? No, no, I mean, behind. no not 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 Joe, but quarterback behind Joe because neither well, of those guys look good. Well, Chad, I'll tell you this: you look at the Niners; they have like four or five quarterbacks, and they sign Brandon Allen. If Brandon Allen gets released by the Niners, I'm immediately Some getting a phone call. None of these, both these guys, did not prove to me this guy's our second quarterback. None of them did a, a damn thing to prove. They're the second quarterback. I don't know that I Brandon agree. Allen's any better. I my philosophy is that if uh, if uh, if Joe goes down, we're fucked. No, either way, yeah, of course, yeah. But you still you need somebody. Well, and you know, I I was listening to um, Cincy three hundred and sixty on the way home, and it, Tony kind of made a, a a good point in that uh, they look better in practice because they're throwing to T and Jamar and right Tyler right. Boyd, and now those guys aren't out there, so. Uh, you look a lot worse when you don't have the best wide receiving trio in the in the NFL, uh, so that they would look better if they had those guys at their disposal. However, uh, you still I don't think you're confident right now with your backup quarterback situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, like you said, and during the game, I mean, Yossi Vosh, Chad, if you know me well, I'm, I'm yeah, a huge huge Yossi Vosh fan. I mean, here's the thing. He had like four receptions for 50 yards. He had like 10, 11 targets. There were so many other paths. He could have had over 100 yards receiving in that game. There were so many yeah. times I saw Simeon either overthrow him or underthrow him. He'd be wide open. I mean, the quarterbacks just were just, oh, my Lord. I mean, I thought one of these guys would play halfway decent, but it, it just, it's just not even close. I mean, it's like one. it, it was just like that. It, that was those. That was the biggest bust was the quarterbacks. I, yeah, I mean, say. That that's the thing I think that that worry at least like it caught my eye. Poor chop was that there were throws to be had, yes, that they didn't make right, 
and you know, you're especially Simeon has started like 40 games in the NFL. Right. You got to make easy throws, and they were missing easy throws, which makes you a, because then it doesn't like it doesn't matter if T or Jamar or, or Boyd is out there if they're open and you can't get them the ball. Like that, that's a problem. Um, defensively, they like when that early unit was out there before obviously they they didn't have any starters anyway yeah but their their twos look pretty good against the green bay ones yeah um the play from dax hill uh going what 45 yards running sprinting 45 yeah. yards yes. off. that's why you draft a guy that's really fast <laughs> because most safeties can't make that play because safeties generally don't have low four three speed and his ability to close on that as the ball was in the air was was really good to see. Um, but then, I mean, preseason's so hard because right. you just spend three, three and a half quarters watching guys that aren't going to be on the team. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of real feel do you get for it yeah. is what you have to kind of wonder. Um, but, but ultimately, like in the early portions, I thought, okay, like, you know, they, they look at least in sync which I think is what you want. Yeah, as long as we're talking about the secondary, man, my guy. Greg's guy in the in the draft was Yosivach. My guy was DJ Turner, Juan Drago. Boy. He looks great. Man, he's looking he fucking great. good in camp. I, You know, one of the things – I just woke up at 3 o'clock, but one of the things I saw was his uh, pass breakup against Jamar Chase. Yeah. Man, yeah, his, his timing looks really good. I mean, yeah. he does a really good job getting his head around, mm-hmm. being alert, being in good position – um, I mean, he he made the one play down the sideline, right, where he, he got his head around early, yeah, uh, and, and almost. I mean, if he played it a little bit earlier, probably could have had a pick, uh, but but knocked the pass away. I mean, his coverage skills look NFL ready. Where do you think he's going to fit in the roster going ahead? Because I mean, we got Cam Taylor Britt, we got a Wuzier, and we got probably, Mike Hilton in the slot. Probably a backup to to one of those and and I haven't watched close enough to know if he's playing field or he's playing boundary or if there's a preference um but you know it's it's the NFL man you got to have if you can have ten, if you could if you had a roster big enough to have 10 corners I'd have 10 oh corners. yeah no yeah. shit just because that you know that there's there's you need so many of them in this league the way it, it operates now I mean but this year we're going to have Cam Taylor Britt out there who's doing great man he looks like he's Actually, he right. keeps on moving forward from where he left off last year when he picked off Josh Allen at the end of the year. Then you got uh, Chidobe Awuzie, who would have been a pro bowler had he not got hurt last year, most likely. Right. And then Mike Hilton, who's a beast in the slot, good blitzer. And then you get on the sideline waiting to come in to give somebody a breather or something like that is, is DJ Turner, who's looking good, man. Our secondary, I think, this year. Plus, he's got that continuity with Daxton Hill. Yeah, I mean, I think you still you still – wait and see mode on safety uh mm-hmm. just how those two connect and how they're able to communicate and play together um that's in lou Agnarumo's defense that's kind of the backbone of the defense it used to be linebacker for him it looks like he wants his safeties to really be the ones that take that role that i guess a middle linebacker uh used to have quote unquote as like the quarterback of the defense so as they, you know, continue to adjust, uh, nobody's ever said that before, Braden. 
Yeah, never. Perfectly. That's never. The first Nobody's time. ever said that before. My wife, but that was at the very beginning of our relationship. <laughs> later on, she told me she was fucking lying. Yeah, that's that's before you ended up with five daughters and we never saw you again. That's right. And this my this my bastard son, Chad. I, you didn't meet him back in the day because I was hiding from his uh, the baby mama, Anthony. <laughs> I always like to tell everybody he's the one in the picture that's not Zach Taylor. That's my, that's that's one of my bastards from back in the day. You know how I was, man, going around like Papa Roach spreading my seed. Yeah, you were, you know, you were fertile. Yeah, some of them popping, <laughs> some of them, some of them are popping up out of the woodwork, but it's okay because I don't know any money they now. They don't say dad because they're like seventeen now. But... <laughs> Anthony's thirty eight, so I'm way past <laughs> child support on his big ass. Oh, boy. Greg, what kind of questions you got for Chad? Well, yeah, Chad, you brought up the safeties. The safeties were like the biggest question mark for us. We lost Bell. We yeah. lost Bates. I mean, we thought I thought we were going to get Bell back. I thought I mean, we, I thought we were going to lose Pratt and we were going to get Bell back. I mean, I think everybody thought that. I mean, we lost we lose both Bell and Bates. And Nick Scott, we got you know, I've heard good reports about him. You know, Dax Hill, he's finally now getting to start this year, and Jordan Battle. Who was a great pickup and and also a big time and he's going to be a big contributor on special teams. Yeah. You know, we, we just didn't know anything about the safeties, but overall, I mean, Tyson another guy nobody talks about was Tyson Anderson. I mean, that was, round, he was the player of the game, right? Yeah, he was. He easily six round pick out of Toledo. He's like six two, six three, ran like a four two, and I'm like, man, this guy deserves a shot. And he, I think we can agree that he proved his point pretty much. I mean, the safeties I thought did very well during the game overall. I mean. The, the problem is, as of 29 seconds ago, they might run Nick Scott out of town because uh, he just collided with T. Higgins. Oh, uh, snap. Higgins oh. fell to the ground, according to Kelsey Conway, but was able to run off uh, two trainers now looking at him. Okay. Damn. Did, so, Nick Scott didn't even play on Friday, did he? No. I don't no. think so. Maybe he won't play at all. Yeah, he might get run out of town. You say the trainers are out there looking at Higgins on the field? Two of them. Yeah. Oh. He jogged yeah. off. I guess. All right. Look at yeah, him, he look jogged off. I mean, Richard Skinner says collision at Bengals practice. Nick Scott tried to jump over T. Higgins, but landed on him instead. Yeah. Higgins got up and jogged off slowly. Now there's a couple trainers looking at him. Uh, well, so, shit happens in camp. He'll be okay, though. No, he'll be okay. But, but, but like, uh, another question I want to ask you, Chad, is. Um, uh, let me think here. Yeah, uh, the uh, I mean, uh, Jackson Carmen, I mean, all this great offseason hype. He's been working out, doing this, doing that, trying to get his mindset better. What the hell happened Friday? He's never going to work. No. He's never going to work. I, I This is one I knew some people through, like, recruiting circles that knew him when he was in high school. Right. Um, and the, the, the word on him was always – Probably be able to get through college just because he was physically, you know, Huge. so gifted, yeah. but doesn't, isn't a guy that loves football. Isn't a guy that like, you know, there's a lot of guys and I know this is hard for us to understand, but I've been doing this long enough to know there's a lot of guys that are playing sports because they see it as, a, you know, it's their meal ticket, but right. not necessarily what they genuinely love and enjoy doing. They don't like the grind. They don't like practice. They don't uh, respond well, um, you know, through the off season. Like, you know, he was, he wasn't around a whole lot from reports that I've heard. Uh, wasn't down there at the facility all the time, which for a local guy, 
is insanity to me and a make like what feels like a make or break year for him. Um, like I, I would, I know this might not, I don't know if it's going to be popular or not, but I might cut it. Like I, I, I don't know. How much money would it, we save though? He's still on a rookie contract, right? I mean, yeah. plus, is he the but if worst? You don't think he can help you? What is he going to do to hold Ex- the roster spot? Exactly. Right, but is he the worst backup that we have? Is he worse than Adenogy? Uh I, I would trust him less than Adenogy. Would you? Yeah, yeah he well, can back I mean, up every spot too, well, except for yeah. center. And you know, you know who played well? I was a big fan of him coming out of the draft. Deontay Smith, very raw athlete. He had long arms. They just yeah. said he needed to put on weight. Uh, Chad, you may have remembered him when he was at Tulane when the Bearcats played against yeah. him. Just a very yeah. raw athlete. He just needed to be coached up. And Frank Pollock is a guy who I fully trust. And I, we got him in the fourth round that year. And we he, he's just we just never heard anything from him two years. But all of a sudden, he had like an 81 overall pass grade playing tackle. I mean, give that guy. I mean, like like I said, he's put on some weight. I, I want to see more of him out there. He seems like he's a guy that is is into the work. Yes. That, that's into the process that yes. loves playing football. Again, that's what happens when you love playing football. You get yeah. better. Yes. You progressively get better. You spend the offseason doing the things that you're supposed to do, getting your body right, not showing up to camp, you know, 20 pounds overweight or doughy or, you know, you show up ready to go. This isn't, you know, in 1984, training camp was when guys got in shape, right? right. They, they worked in a, an offseason job uh, at the, the, the meat packing plant, and then they came into camp, and that's, you know, they put down the cigarettes – they stopped drinking beer for a couple days. That's when they got in shape for the season. Right. That's not how it works anymore, man. People show up to camp ready to go. Right. Yeah. I, I just don't get the sense that this guy – I don't get the sense that he's about the right things. Well, when he, he showed up to camp, they said they were talking about he did look like he was ready to go. Like he didn't yeah. lose weight, but he toned up. He was taking yoga. He was taking like MMA, everything to get prepared. They got us super yeah. hyped on this fucker, and then he just stood there like a turnstile yeah. when people were running at the quarterback. He didn't even fire off the ball. He was just no. like, <laughs> like, what do you do? By the way, he, I hey, look, in his, drills. in his defense, he did turn around to watch the play for a minute. He was like, by the, oh, by the way, Strawberry Ice is calling me out right now. It was East Carolina. I got camp sample, went to Tulane, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, but yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you, Strawberry, for correcting me on that. East Carolina. Although UC did play East Carolina, so I was I was close. I knew the name. I just look. Also, look, he corrected it, but I was so gonna... much time in purgatory in the American Athletic Conference. All those teams are the same. Right. <laughs> it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, what about our uh, tight end situation, man? Tanner Hudson. I, I he went down at the he got a concussion, right? But yeah. man, he was looking fucking good, wasn't he? He looked like somebody that's got the ability to go catch passes, which yeah. uh, we, some of the other guys on this roster at tight end camp sample um, <laughs> has not really been uh, good at. Oh man, I. So you guys know Danny Hurley is like the biggest Bengals fan on the planet, right? <laughs> All right. All right. Like I... literally insane Bengals fan. All right. And we were every year I'm like, I go out and cover AAU tournaments um, and watch, you know, all the top high school players in the country. And every year there's a tournament that coaches are out on the road. That is at the same time as the NFL draft. And when they drafted sample, Danny Hurley for an entire day, 
what are we doing? We're taking a tight end that can't even pass. We're taking a blocking tight end right. in the first two days of the draft. What the hell is going on there? What is wrong with these? Like, I, he knows I do radio and, like, I, you know, I, I'm a Bengals guy. Right. So he just chewed my ear off. I'm like, Danny, I didn't make, I didn't send the card. Bro. I don't know. I don't. Right. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He might be right. Danny Hurley I think you're right, Pierce. I'm not right. sure I know who Danny Hurley is. He's the national championship basketball coach of the UConn Huskies. Oh. Oh, okay. okay. Like, like, you know, remember Bobby Hurley that played for Duke? Yeah, that's a, that's right. That's right. That's his, his brother. brother. That's yeah. right. I That's he right. Is, okay, I did remember something like that. That is right. Okay. I'm still over here hard. like, I don't watch college basketball. No, no, but I did hear something about that. Yeah. Die hard, Bengals fan. Like, but no, we, speaking of Strawberry, we got a question from Strawberry uh, this was earlier. Chad, are you concerned about running backs since uh, Trevor Williams did not play and he's not practicing? Are you concerned about the running back too right now? Yeah, yeah. I'm still – I know they have a great belief in Joe Mixon. Um, there's a lot of miles on that tank right now. And I would not be against checking. There's some talented running backs that are still floating around. Uh, out in free agency right now that you could you could kick the tires on. That You're going to give uh, fucking Greg a boner. Zeke? What about Zeke, man? Let's go get Zeke. I've been saying this for months, man. Let's get Zeke. I, I'm not opposed. I mean, I, it would depend on the money, right? Uh, clearly. But guess what? We're three weeks from the start of the season, and he doesn't have a home. So, uh, I, I, I just... I, I don't think Joe's bad. No. But I also know like he's not he's not at the beginning of his career anymore. No. And he has shown for there to be significant like peaks and valleys for him throughout a season. Now you don't have a great like we don't know about Chase Brown yet. No. And and really like you guys feel great if Travion Williams like if if he's an unknown I like Travion. I'll say this, Chad. Every time he came in, the Bengals think very highly of him. He's been on the team for like three years, but they've always retained him because they've seen a lot of, in him. Every time he came in, he he did a great job. Like, you know, when uh, 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 Mixon was hurt and when P. Ryan took over most of the snaps, Travion did come in and, and get, did, did do a good job. I'm not going to lie to you, Chad. I'm a big fan of Travion Williams, but okay, I get what you're saying. If something happens to Mixon and he's out for – Two or three then, games. Yes, then I'm up. Then. Are you good for Travion Williams at 50 snaps a game? No, I, five I mean, snaps a game. No, I, 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 I'm just uh, no. I right. Yeah. I, I think you have to. I think you have to look. I think you have to make that determination of do we really feel like? And I, I know they do feel like Joe Mixon is the answer at running back for them right now. Oh but yeah. I don't necessarily agree. He's Not old. The, How old is he now, Joe Mixon? 28, 29. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. Here I sit at 51 talking about a guy being old and he's 28. Well, well you know, Chad, so like, like I said, Mixon, like, you know, when they, I, I'm happy he took he took the restructured deal, but be honest sure. with me, Chad, did he really have any leverage? We're glad he came to an agreement, but did he honestly have any leverage? Would he have gotten well, that? Was, he was going to get cut. And yes. And he was going to have to go somewhere else for pennies on the dollar, probably less than what he got. Right, restructure his deal here. Right. So he didn't have much of a choice. Hey, let's no. also not forget that he does still have pending legal shit going on. 
that's still to be seen what happens with that. I mean, they like multiple legal pending shits going on, right? Yeah, they they painted a bad picture of him with what's going on. He's got on. a legal situation in the upstairs bathroom and the downstairs bathroom. <laughs> Fucking hey, he's in the guest bedroom. <laughs> Everywhere. So, I, so hey, I, I'm I, not bougie enough to have a bathroom in the guest bedroom. I got one. You've been to the house, Chad. I got one <laughs> bathroom. And I now and then I had five daughters and a wife, so my time in the bathroom is limited as shit. You got three minutes. I, that's right. I got to go in there and bear down. <laughs> <laughs> Most yeah. people get a hemorrhoid from sitting on there too long. You right. get it from pushing too hard. And I got, and then, <laughs> and then delivery. I got. It's like you're in the I, delivery room twice yeah. a day. And then I got to wipe in the hallway. My bathroom time's <laughs> over. So Chad, I'm, you know, you brought Miles Murphy as your favorite. Uh, I think your favorite bit. You get in the pass rush. Clearly, he does not. He did not show anything yet. But I still think he's a work in progress. I've been yes. seeing they've been lining him up in the middle because we're loaded up at pass rush. It's something you want to have because Hendrickson and Hubbard for the last two years, man, just look exhausted out there because we had really no good premium backups or anything. We didn't have that Wallace Gilbert that backed up Dunlap and Michael Johnson earlier. And, you know, Miles Murphy, you know, it's supposed like, to be a side, but right. But like I say, the thing with Miles Murphy is he has all the talent, but I still think he's a work in progress. And Marion Hobby, I think you could argue he's the best position position coach on the team. Look what he's done with the defensive line. Clemson guy also, same with Miles Murphy. I mean, this is this is a great match right here. I still think Miles Murphy did, didn't exactly show anything yet, but I still think he's a work in progress right now. That I think once he finds his way, he's gonna he's gonna be a heck of a pass rusher. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like offensive line, right? Like most D linemen aren't fully ready year one. Like no matter what, like right. they're gonna take a little bit of time to really ramp up physically and you know mentally, speed of the game. They're gonna take a little bit to ramp up uh, right. that top level. Right. But that's the problem is what you just mentioned. Like Hendrickson is a guy that wears down. Right. Because his because his motor runs so high, he is a guy that over the course of a season. I think needs to be probably more in that 60, 65% of the snaps range as right. well as uh, 80. Yeah. Because it just feels like the farther along you get in the season, the more prone he is to nagging injuries and, you know, just looking a little bit like their pass rush was non existent in the playoffs. And I think that was part of it was the, the wrist injury and his battery was just on empty. And yes. some of the, like, I think this is, if you had to ask me, uh, and I'm not doing a job for you, I promise. If you had to ask me, like, who had the most on the line this season on this roster, it might be Joseph Asai. Hey, Chad, yeah. who's got the most on the line this year on the roster? It might be Joseph Asai. Holy shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a guy that's got to prove it. Like, there's been little flashes, and but there's been nagging injuries, and then, the thing we won't talk about last right. year. Um, this is a guy that's got a lot of chips on the table that he's got to come out and show as a situational pass rusher. He can get home. He can get to the quarterback, consistently create havoc, and give those guys a little bit of a, a breather. But Murphy inside, back to your original question, um, I, or point, I, I like the idea because you have to get a pass rush from the inside. Like yes. That is critical in the NFL right now. Because they learn, quarterbacks are the, the best quarterbacks. Just know how to step up and avoid the right. edge rush. Right, they, yeah. They're so good. Their footwork is so good. Their eyes, 
Their feel is so good. They just know how to step in and around edge rushing. If you got something coming right at your face, there's nowhere for you to go. Like, you're trapped. It was Tom Brady's kryptonite. Anytime a team really gave the Patriots trouble, it was almost always because they had that pass rush coming right at him uh, and, and were able to give him fits uh, at his feet because that's the key to everything. Like, footwork at quarterbacking at a high level is more about footwork than it is about anything else. And if their footwork is jacked because you're coming right at them, they're going to have major problems. So I like the idea of maybe as he's early in his career, using that size uh, and the Carter kid from last year. Oh, um, he put on 30 pounds, one. didn't he? Yeah, yes. that's another one. I think that they hope the plan is to get him, you know, involved coming after the quarterback inside. I mean, Chad, can you match if we had Gino in his prime right now next to next to DJ Reader? I mean, oh, Gino Atkins. I remember Steve Young talking in an interview, talking about him one time, and he's like, "I'd rather get rushed, pass rushed from the side than in the inside." And it's so much harder for a quarterback to deal with an inside pass rusher than an outside pass rusher. That's why Gino was so successful. He had such great leverage. His hands, his hands and feet were awesome. Yes, and he could just. Just without guys even really, like he was Jedi mind tricking them yeah. out of his way. <laughs> he was definitely a badass. Uh, Gino Atkins or DJ Reader in the prime? Uh, Probably Gino because of the pass rush. Man, right. because loved, it just we, changes everything when you can get to the quarterback from there. DJ Reader's a difference maker on this team, man. But I Gino love it. Atkins was on next level. Well, well, you know what, Chad? And this is a this thing we've been debating on, Bruce. DJ Reader's a free agent next year. He's going to be in his 30s. We have shied away from signing guys over their, their 30s. But we no, it's against company think. policy now. There's nobody over 30. We, the company no, but, but here's the company policy switched around here in the but last It switched around. Now. But, Chad, we don't have anybody coming in for him. And we saw yeah. we, when Jamar went down, T did. We still did. We still hung in there. When T did down, we did fine. But when DJ Reader went down, we saw the difference. When he came back, shut down both Henry and Chubb. The top two rushes in the league. You tell me if that was a coincidence, because I sure is not a coincidence. I know. I mean, in DJ, he. I mean, like you, we're talking about getting Burrow T done. I mean, one of the biggest mysteries next year is what are we going to do with DJ Reader? Are we going to be able to afford to keep him next year? What's going to be interesting is I don't think he is as respected around the league as he should be. Mm -hmm. So you wonder what the market would look like for him and what, what? it would take. Like, would you be able to – I would imagine just knowing the way that they have operated, they're not going to want to do a three- or four-year deal no. for DJ Reader. But could you do enough to get him on like a year, two-year? Right, two years. You know, maybe a two-year guaranteed, right? Uh, heavy guaranteed deal. Um, or, or, I mean, you could say it's three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But all the money is in the first two, and then if he starts to slip – um, but that's, here's where I think they need to maybe expand their, uh, mental view on age, right? That's not a young man's position. Yeah. No, that is, that is grow. You need grown man, grown ass man strength to be a run stopper up the middle. Um, so, you know, hopefully they look at that as, yeah, we don't like, paying the outside guys right once they get past 29 30 the the skill the big skill um 
But the inside guys, he ain't moving it. You're not asking him to run. No. You're asking him to stand there and be a monster. Um, He does a good job at it. Right. So maybe, hopefully, they look at that. They view it a little bit differently um, just because it's asking somebody to do uh, something that doesn't require a lot of youth. Right. Maybe he takes. Maybe he's like everybody else on the team that they signed that we didn't. Not that we didn't expect it, but we didn't expect the deal they got because they want to stay with this coaching staff. But I, I feel like it's a two-year deal because he's getting old. Yes, Three-year no. deal. He's like 32, 33 years old at the end of that contract. Well, but like I said, if you give him a three just to kind of mm-hmm. make him feel good that it's a three, but you structure it to where there's very little cap hit in that third year if he does start to decline um or maybe a two-year with a third-year option like a team option or i don't i i think you probably have to get creative with it but i do think he's a guy that the franchise needs because of his you're doing all of this on the outside corners and safeties right they don't they don't overly value linebackers um they're they've gotten better at it but it's not a position that they're what i mean in terms of that like is if they had a gap at linebacker i don't think they're going into the free agency world and spending 12 million dollars a year on a on a pro bowl linebacker that doesn't seem like who you know what they've done at that position they want to draft and develop and get a guy to that second contract um I just think it would be smart. Like he is your guy that can stop the run. He is your guy that can control the Browns, you know, the, the teams that really want to. Yes. It, it's funny because I think we're going to see some shift back to power running uh, strictly because what's happening in the NFL guys, right? Yeah. Linebackers are getting smaller. Linebackers are playing coverage defensive ends. Like we're, you know, defensive ends now, uh, unless you're running, like a, you know, a Pittsburgh three, four, uh, where the ends are, you know, 290, 300 pounds, uh, ends are 250, 258, 260, 262. Um, I think teams are looking at that and going, you know what? I think we can run. Uh, I think we're going to be able to run right at teams because everybody's getting smaller to slow down the pass. So it's a reaction to, you know, the, the, the spread offenses came in, then the defense has said, all right, we have to adjust. Uh, we'll get smaller and we'll do a better job covering four and five guys out in routes all the time. And the only way you can do that is to have less 275 pound, 260 pound guys trying to guard people in space. Okay. Well now it's the pendulum is swung this way. Okay. Let's go back to power running and let's see if we can line up and, and shove it down somebody's throat because their defense isn't, uh, isn't equipped to handle it. Well, I bet the kids in high school love hearing that that are running backs because right now that that position's devalued in the NFL. They're not getting right. paid. So if that comes back, it'll be just a time for these kids in high school and college to uh, you know, play that position. And if and if DJ Reader leaves, you know what you do? You just go draft the Godfather. Yeah. You go get yourself some Dante. Well, he'll be, yeah, but we're gonna be picking thirty two. Is he gonna go in the draft this year? I don't know. He's he's an interesting one, man. That's a kid that loves college, loves being in his hometown. You know, he's got some NIL deals that you know he's got he's got a burger, he's got a pizza. 
Where's he got uh, a burger at? Um, Bucketheads. Does oh, he? Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, he's got his own. He's got his own brisket burger at Bucketheads, and then at Mio's in Clifton, he's got its. Uh, he's got his own pizza. It's got pepperoni, bacon, sausage, and jalapenos. Nice. That I had Mio's, I had Mio's last night. I got to try that sometime. It was pretty good. Where's uh, he rated nationally? Uh, so last year he was the number one defender in the country. Ah, damn. Wow. Um, he, I think the athletic just released their all American team and he's the second team all American at nose tackle. Which so, yeah, a top three nose tackle in the country. Let Isn't me ask crazy you to think that that's Cincinnati, our small town. Yeah. I mean, well, the crazy thing was last year, he was the number one ranked defender in the country. You know who the number two ranked defender in the country was? Who? Ivan Pace. Wow. Well, that's, I got a buddy that's a Minnesota fan. He said oh, fucking Pace is tearing it, it up. Yeah, he's I, probably going to start. As an undrafted free agent, he's probably going to start at linebacker. I was a proponent. Greg could probably tell you, like, I liked Ivan Pace. I was yeah. I was on the Ivan Pace train, especially because I thought he could do really good at special teams. A little undersized in the NFL, but this – I mean, it's like Geno Atkins. When he came out, they said he was too small. It, just a yeah. fucking beast with a super high motor. That's what they're getting with Ivan Pace. He's going to tear it up out there in Minnesota. He had a clip in their first uh, uh, preseason game where he came off the left side in a blitz, and it was a run blitz, and they were running right off that side, and he hit the right guard so hard, he knocked him into the running back and tackled the running back. And, you know, this uh, six foot four, 320-pound man that Ivan Pace at 5'11", 235, hit with so much force that he went backwards into the running back and tackled the running back. And that's not the first, I've seen him do that multiple times in game action where he hits the offensive lineman so hard that they tackle the running back. Man. Uh, Chad, since we're talking Bearcats, the NFL, if you're a Bearcats fan, I guess you like Travis Kelsey, but if you're a Bengals fan, <laughs> it might be a bit of a different thing. It, it, it. Like, the thing of it is what I didn't, here's what I didn't like. like here's what I didn't like it. It like Chase just made a simple comment, said Pat who he was supporting his quarterback. And Kelsey just went on his show, said he shouldn't be talking that way about my he was it's, choking. Yeah. So was Travis. It's performance. It's a right. podcast, man. Yeah. Like he like watch him. Like when you know, when they did the the thing at the White House and the right. president walked away from the mic for a second, and Travis yeah. just kind of wondered over, like, I've been waiting for this for a long like. That's who he is. Like, he's a, he's, a, you know. What about talking shit about our chili, though, Chad? That's fucking I mean, unforgivable. He's from Cleveland. Well, yeah, he is from Cleveland. Like, you gotta, and look, I'm, I'm biased here. You know what my kid's I, name is, right? Yes. Yeah, Kelsey. It's, I named her after Jason. Thank God it's Jason. Yeah. I named yeah. her after Jason, uh, but. She thinks Jason's ugly, so she claims Travis. Oh, does she? So she switched so it I've, around. I've accidentally raised a Chiefs fan. Yeah, but well, no, but Chad, the, the the other guy. I mean, Sauce Gardner, man. I mean, can, can we just say that's the best corner? He's going to be making over a hundred million dollars in a year or two. Is that the best corner in the league? As as a as a second year player, is that the best corner? He, he will go down as one of the best corners in the history of the sport. Like, Thank you. At the very top of the list, and here's the thing. I don't know how much they showed on Hard Knocks uh, the week the week one right. of him, but the more America gets to know him, yeah, the more they're because 
he seems like he's super flashy and like, and that's all surface stuff that he does for show. Right. But that, that is one of the most humble, quiet, yes, nicest kids you will ever meet. I mean, listen to him talk about why he graduated from UC. Um, because he, he left after three years. Mm-hmm. So he came back and, and got his degree, finished his schoolwork as he was becoming a first, you know, an all pro, a pro bowler, you know, through all that last year, all the hype around him, he was finishing his degree and he just walked in for graduation uh, a week and a half ago. And when he talks about it, he said, look, the kids in Detroit look up to me. And I promised my mom I would get my degree and it meant something to me to be a role model for those kids so that they think having a degree is something that has meaning and purpose in their life. That is not something that, you know, uh, a selfish asshole, uh, that's not how a selfish asshole carries themselves. No. It was was um, on hard knocks. I didn't. I just didn't know how much they got into, like talking to him specifically. Oh, about, I don't think they talked to him like super in depth, but it. they did. They yeah. did show him at the graduation. Yeah. Um. He's just a really good dude. Like, if I if and I I probably should be more uh, pushy on this than I am, but if I hit him up in the off season and had said, "Hey, Sauce, will you come on the podcast?" He would do it. Awesome. Like that's just like he's just a you know. He's been back in Cincinnati, like in the spring every year for spring football. Um, He's been back in June at times when they have like uh, official visit weekends where they'll bring in 15, 20 kids to come in for their official visits. And Sauce would just be hanging in the football offices. Could you imagine like being a 17 year old and you've got one of the biggest stars in the NFL just like. Oh my lounging God. on the couch in the football recruiting office. Like, <laughs> that's that's how you get him signed. That's how you, that's get, how you get him signed. That's yeah. exactly how you get him signed. Yeah. He's an awesome dude. He really is. I, man, I, so, are, so are Jason and Travis. Uh, but I get why Bengals fans are a little sour on Travis. He's, he's a showman. He's going to talk the talk. He's going to see a situation like with the mayor. Yeah. To him, yeah. that's content. Like, he's a content creator. Right. Tell you what, He's though, man, I'm pretty sure he had in. he had one fumble last year, didn't he? He Was did it just one. Where the fuck he, that happened at? Yeah, one. fuck you, Travis Kelsey, you son oh, of a bitch. Oh yeah, hey, hey, I was in my daughter's face letting her know about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, she got she got a Kelsey jersey. Oh yeah, Kelsey uh, jersey. Uh, yeah, these, what we what we do for our kids, you know? I know. I <laughs> Jesus know. Christ, my kids. Uh, they, they don't like football. And the one started liking football because she got a boyfriend that likes football. Wasn't me. Wasn't dad. You know, she got a boyfriend watches football. Now, all of a sudden, she's going to the games with me every once in a while. But she's the one. She's older. And, uh, so, I have a grandson by her. You know, you know what actually did it was the Chiefs-Bills playoff game. So, uh, two years ago. The, you know, the – The, the shootout. Crazy. Yeah. So – like the ups and downs, the roller coaster of that. And then the Bills score with 13 seconds left. And like she had gone from high to low to high to low. And she like slumped down in my office on the floor. And she's like, they're not, they're going to lose, aren't they, dad? And I was like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're probably going to lose. Right. And Travis, boom, boom, right down the field. 
Wasn't it 13 seconds? Yes, 13 seconds. 13 seconds. 13 seconds. Got him into field goal range. And she's jumping around and screaming. And from that point on, it like, that was, she was a Travis Kelsey, like, stan. Right. And then the next year. I keep telling her, Jason, so that she's talked to Jason on the phone, like in the car. I'm like, you're Jason. She's like, no, Travis. I'm like. You should have made her nickname Jason. (laughs) (laughs) You should have seen when she was like four. And I right. got her a picture of this is who you're named after. She almost cried. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not, Dan. I'm not named after that scary man. I'm like, yeah, you are. Yeah, I love Jason, man. He's awesome. I like that guy. No, Jason is cool. Hey, they can both come play for the Bengals. Absolutely. Much hate as I'm throwing out there on Travis well, look, Kelsey. Take as it. much hate as there is, whatever, I get. They're both first ballot Hall of Famers. Easy. Oh, yeah. 100% easily. But can you imagine how big you swing your dick if you're the dad that produced two no shit, man. Hall of Famers? Right? right, and they're playing at the same time. Exactly. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I, that's my seed, yeah. motherfuckers. Right. Yeah. No, Chad. I brought, no, they did the NFL top 100 players. They had Joe Burrow at number six, Travis Kelsey at number five. Do you agree with that? No. Thank you. I mean. Travis is legendary, all-time right. great, but he's still a tight end. Yes, like exactly. let's not let, let's now. He's probably going to go down as the greatest or second greatest tight end of all time. Uh-oh. You're going to get <laughs> who's your? I mean, who is the who's, greatest who's tight one? end of all time? Who's Gronk. number one? Gronk. Thank you, Chad. Oh, man, you just like yes. literally like verbally blew Greg right on the thank show. You, Chad. No, thank you, Chad. Because like people have getting wipe your chin, people. Chad. But, but, but when Gronk was healthy, he was hurt most of the time, and Gronk still put up more numbers. Gronk, I, I know people say he had Tom Brady, but Gronk, man, was a better blocker. I'm not knocking on Kelsey. Go watch, I'm so happy with Kelsey. It never made the highlights, but go watch Gronk block. He was a dominant blocker in the run game. Dominant blocker in the run game. And that's just Travis didn't really – Travis isn't really uh, super interested in that, but Travis is ultimately going to put up better receiving numbers. One because of health, and two probably be longevity. Uh, Travis will will surpass all the, the the records as a pass catching tight end, but Gronk's the best to ever do it. It's staying on. That's sure to come on. It's the Yossi Vosh that gets the shirt off. Yeah. It's not, yeah, but it's no, no, no. Like, like I said, I'm not. I'm not like I said. I'll still be happy with Kelsey, but like I said, man, I'm going to choose Gronk. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gronk was incredible. Yes. Just to bring Greg back down to reality, though, one one more question along those lines is: uh, Is Die Hard a Christmas movie, Chad? Die Hard is a movie that was uh, set around Christmas, <laughs> but it is not a movie about Christmas. Yes, Chad, you were my new. He's gone. <laughs> That's what happens when you, when you give pork chop control. Look, yeah, Chad, you're my new out. best friend, man. We need we need to go out sometime, man. You're my new best friend. Look, I think to be a Christmas movie, it needs to be about Christmas. Thank you. Is Home Alone about Christmas, or is it about a guy getting a kid getting stuck in his house while his fucking parents went away on vacation at Christmas time? Home Alone is a Christmas movie mainly because he uses Christmas elements to torture the robbers. 
Like yeah. there, there's a Christmas theme throughout that movie that they work into the movie, even though it's not a, what I mean, really, that's a story about a terrible fucking parent. Yeah, pretty much. Twice they do it. They do it two years in a row. Yeah. Listen, I'm like, going to leave for a minute. Let you guys have have a little. Yeah, dude, Jim, woman, man, this is awesome, man. That I mean, woman you, doesn't deserve kids. They should exactly. take all of her kids away. Well, yeah, because you think about it, man. You do it two years in a row. You leave your kid. I mean, what the hell? You know, I mean, I mean, that's they clearly they clearly hate that kid. Yeah, they, they clearly do. And all that. By the way, Chad, you're going to think I'm weird for this. My all-time favorite Christmas movie is actually not Home Alone. It's Home Alone 2. I know people, you're going to call probably call me weird for that. <laughs> That's my favorite Christmas movie of all time is Home Alone 2. Greg, there's a lot of reasons to call you fucking weird, but that ain't one of them. Yeah, that ain't one of them. Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot of weird things about me, Chad. But Chad, man, you were on my good side 100%, buddy. God <laughs> dang. You guys just became like best friends. Do we just do the stepbrother scene? Yeah, do we just yeah. become best friends? Yeah. But, yep. <laughs> but Strawberry's getting annoyed by this. But Strawberry, I'm going to be nice to you. So Strawberry asked a question earlier. What do you think the Bearcats are going to do this year in the Big 12 in football, Chad? It's so volatile. Um, the, the hardest part is, they. the hardest part about figuring out, like, what this looks like, is they are going to have probably six or seven coin flip games. Right. Uh, where the spread is between two and a half points one way and two and a half points the other way. Uh, the, the question is going to be, I think they're going to be fine on defense. Mm -hmm. The question is going to be, can this offense produce late in games? Or, or, or here's the way, the other one of the other ways I've put it. Can this offense keep up? Like there are, there are going to be points in almost every game because the Big Twelve is an offense first league. I mean, it's right. a league where teams average 35, 37, 38 points a game, and and where you run into issues if you are they've got ten of eleven new starters on offense. Mm -hmm. There's talent there. But is there the continuity for when you're in a 17-14 game, right? Right. And and they score going into halftime. Now it's 24-14. They get the ball back. They go down and they kick a field goal. Now it's 31-14 or 27-14. Or Can you come right back down the field and make it 27-21? And, and put yourself in a position where it doesn't get away from you. Because if you're down 27-14 – and you go three and out, now you're in deep shit because you're climbing out of a hole that is, is just – yeah, I do think the police were – I heard – No, I, no, I heard police talking. sirens around my house. That, that yeah, actually happened. They're looking for you, Greg. They're looking for me. So they're going to be in a ton of close games. Can they keep up in the middle of the game to keep it close into the fourth quarter and then, you know – what is your kicker? They've got a new kicker from Arizona State. His name's Carter Brown. Um, he's used to kicking field goals in the desert, where all you got to do is get them up in the in that dry air, and they carry for, for an extra 10 yards. Um, how is he going to be when it's, you know, uh, 43 degrees in Lubbock, Texas, uh, with wind blowing, you know, 35 miles an hour? Right. Uh, so little things like that on the offense, I, I think, are going to determine where this team is at. Realistically, 
I could see anywhere from four and eight to eight and four, and I wouldn't bat an eyelash, which is just a wild variant going into a season. Yeah, Usually yeah. you can narrow it down to like, okay, six or seven wins sounds about right. If you told me four and these were the losses, I, I would look at it and go, eh, I can see that. And if you told me eight, I would go, okay, they, they probably, you know, they lost a few coin flips if they're at four. They won a few coin flips they maybe shouldn't have if they're at eight. I guess that means I'm probably somewhere in the middle, six or seven wins, five, six, seven wins. Um, if the offense can can get some traction, uh, I'll go with seven. If the offense struggles, it's going to be tough to win games in the Big 12, man. Iowa State had a dominant defense last year, and I think they went like one and eight in the league. They averaged holding teams under 20 points a game in that league, and they just lost a bunch of one-score games because their offense couldn't get going. What, Thanks, guys. What um, what the fuck was I gonna say before I put up Jeff's comment? Uh, so w- how much better do you feel if Fickle would have stayed? It would have been interesting, um, mm-hmm. because let's be honest, the offense last year struggled. Yes, like that team never really got on track because the offense never took off, um, and it wasn't going to be much different. I mean, you know, if he stays, Ben Bryant's the quarterback here. Yeah. Um, you probably still have a pretty new offensive line. What would they have been able to do in the transfer portal to fix the offensive line? They couldn't run the ball for shit last year. Um, they were pretty much big player bust as an offense last year. So um, I like going into this league. You went out and you got a guy that's offense first as a head coach. Um, that's Scott Satterfield's thing. He calls the plays on offense. He designs the offense. I like uh, the outside zone um, scheme that he runs. So it's, I don't know. They they probably would have been better because there wouldn't have been as much attrition. There wouldn't have been as much turnover. Uh, They've got 33, like, guys that are in their first year in the program, and most of them are top of the roster guys. That is just insane when you're thinking about continuity and, you know, being able to uh, to stick together when the going gets tough. So, but I, I don't know that they would have projected a whole lot different. They would have been picked higher because Fickle would have got the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the recruiting um, would have been better. Well, they they lost a, a big chunk of a really good recruiting class. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's part of it. They, they did most of the backfill with that with transfers. Um, they've only got 10 freshmen in the program this year, which is – crazy a crazy low number um but they added 23 you know veteran guys to the roster so um the recruiting definitely took a hit but that that's what happens when a really really successful coach uh moves on and then says okay these are the these are the six guys that at the top of the class we really valued and they're coming with me so anybody get ready for bearcat football what would you say to get them excited about this season the unknown is always fun. Like, unless it all goes horribly wrong. But yeah. it's, I, I think, you know, especially like when you're following camp and there's new stuff to track every day and there's new names that are popping up every day. Like, okay, you can see this guy is starting to get his feet under him. Oh, hey, I forgot they even landed this guy. Look at him. He's with the twos. Like, that part of it is going to be a lot of fun. It'll be, it'll be, 
<laughs> it's going to be a hell of a challenge when you're talking about I'm there every day. Right. And I needed my roster for like the first four days of camp, five days of camp yeah. to like, okay, who was that? Mm-hmm. Who was that? And to get all of that into, you know, like easy, quick recall memory, uh, there's going to be a lot of like learning the roster as the games go on. And I think that's kind of fun to do. It's a little, it's a little different. You don't get that experience a lot. Um, and it, they're in a league where it matters, man. Like they're in a league where there's no longer going to be, you're never longer going to go to Tulane and play in a high school stadium in front of 12,000 people. Like it, an environment that, that, that is dwarfed by like, you know, elder molar or St. X molar. Like the, those right. games are more exciting yeah. than the product in the American athletic conference half the time. You know, there were just so many teams in that league that their fan bases were just apathetic. And now you're going to get 60, 70, 80,000 every game on the road. You, everywhere you go is going to be a big game. Uh, there's not, that's, that's going to be the interesting thing. You know, in the American, you could look at three, four games on your schedule and go, yeah, we have to play. We can't play terrible, but we have significantly more talent than Tulsa. So when we go play Tulsa, yeah, they're, they're physical and they want to start a fight every game and whatever. But if we play reasonably well, that's going to be a win. You're now in a league where if you play reasonably well, you might lose seven games in the conference, six, seven games in the conference. Yeah. So seeing how the program adjusts back to what it was like in the big East, you know, because that's, they were here and they won championships. So what does it, look like as they they get back to that because you know that like you go back to those big east days Pitt was really good i mean shady mccoy and you know charles johnson and like they they had a bunch of dudes at Pitt that were really good uh west virginia with steve slayton and pat white and noel devine and like west pat mcafee west virginia was rolling for a while there louisville always had good teams so it was a battle every week and Cincinnati made that adjustment after a couple of years in the league and they competed for championships. Can they do the same? How long does it take for them to get to that level in the big 12? Let me ask you this. So back in the day, you know, Joe Burrow, before he went to LSU, he stopped at Cincinnati and he was almost sold. He was going to no, be committed. our quarterback, right? He committed. And then he went down there and uh, I think it was the Ed coach Orgeron wouldn't let him leave. Yeah. He wouldn't let him leave, and he, he put pressure on his brother to get him to stay because I think his bro, uh, Joe's brother is a LSU alumni. And his dad had a bunch of connections to LSU. His dad was the defensive coordinator at Ohio. At yes. LU. That's why what, they were in Athens. If Joe stays, what do you think that ha- – what what kind of difference does that make? You think we win a national – I don't think we'd no. win the national championship. So the best thing for Joe was to go Oh, to yeah, Definitely. And I think ultimately the best thing for UC was Joe to go to LSU because what did that do? It allowed Desmond Ritter to start early in his career and become the best quarterback in program history. So, Hey, which brings us to Friday, right? Burrow and Ritter. We got the Falcons this Friday, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll see a whole lot of Des. Oh, we're not going to see either one of them unless they're standing on the sideline. You might see Des for a series. Yeah. Maybe, but, but that's that's about it. But hey, Jack, I hope that kid does good, man. Yeah. I really do. I liked UC that year. Yeah. I got into it that year. Right. You know the connection, right? Pork chop. 
Which connection? To Ritter with the Bengals. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor was the one that recruited Desmond Ritter. He's the one that went to Tom Coverville and said, this is our quarterback of the future. Um, then He's Tuberville got a fucking like, eye, yeah. doesn't he? That, that Zach Taylor like, guy. Look, Tuberville was like, look, I got a tea time. Like, if you think he's the guy, then he's the guy. Uh, you do whatever you want. And Zach brought in Dez. So, yeah, that was that's the connection to the to the Bengals that Dez, you know, Zach Taylor believed it. Dez had one offer outside of Cincinnati. Wow. Eastern Kentucky. Really? That was his only offer besides Cincinnati. That's that's how deep Zach Taylor, like, like went, uh, you know, in believing in Dez. He went out. And saw, I think, eight quarterbacks because in April, coaches right. are allowed on the road. Right. Zach Taylor went on the road. He saw eight quarterbacks, all of them. Des was the lowest rated quarterback that he saw. And he came back to Cincinnati and said, Desmond Ritter. Wow. And we all were like, the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, That's... you went, you went yeah. and you came home, and the, the worst one is the one that you pinpointed. And lo and behold, he was right. That's you know we do a lot of who the fuck is this guy here in Cincinnati, don't right. we? Uh, didn't they do that with Fickle too at first when he came? Like what? No, no. Fickle was trying to Fickle was rising up. I just I just couldn't believe he'd leave Ohio State because he went to Ohio State. He oh, wanted, wanted to be a coach. He, yeah. he's the one. He recruited like he wanted the Cincinnati job more than Cincinnati wanted him yes. initially. Uh, the funny thing is, is the the two guys like when it came down to it, there was two names. It was Luke Fickle and Scott Satterfield. And wow. they were prepared to hire either one of them. And so many people kind of jumped up and stood on the table for Fickle. Um, you know, Jim Trestle and, uh, you know, all the Ohio State people, coaches around the state were calling the athletic department like, this is the guy. Uh, this is the guy to get it done. And that kind of ultimately swayed his ability re to recruit Ohio was what swayed uh, Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna to hire him. Uh, but it was almost Scott Satterfield uh, seven years ago. And now here we are. It's Full weird. circle. Yeah, got them both. I want to go back to Desmond Ritter quickly. I mean, the Falcons, they loaded up on defense. And their offense, I think, is good. They're going to rely on the run game with B. John Robinson out of Texas a lot. So I think Des will fit this. Is, here's the thing about Des. Hard worker. You do not have to question his work ethic or anything. But my question to you, Chad, is – can he do well in the NFL? Can you see him succeeding in the NFL? Yeah. Especially in a system where they're not asking him to be yes. uh, Herbert. You know, they're not asking him to right. throw 47 times a game. Right. But if you look, man, he's got weapons. He does. Like, you know, he's got a, a big-time tight end in Pitts. He's yes. got the wide receiver from USC, what, London? London, yes. Yeah. Like, they've got some talent outside. Yes that he's he's not going to be struggling for targets. You know, he, he's looking at guys that can play. So, right. yeah. Like you said, it's going to be a run-first team. He's in he's in the perfect system right now. He's Absolutely. in the perfect system. So, I, I'll be rooting for him 100% because just a, you talk about a great person. I mean, just such awesome. a humble person he is, right? Awesome guy. Awesome yeah. guy. All right, my daughter's. Well, I was just going to let there. you get out here anyway, Chad. Tell everybody where they could find you. I know you got a podcast too, don't you? You can find us. If you're right here on YouTube, you can go to uh, Bearcat Journal, just youtube.com slash Bearcat Journal. We do live shows on Monday and Wednesday. There's a Tuesday one coming. Uh, we'll, our Sunday morning show 
So we, we do something called the Bearcat Brunch mm-hmm. Sunday mornings at 9.30 that we recap the day before, talk a little college football, and then even get into a little Bengals at the end of that show. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a, a lead-in to all your Bengals pregame stuff. Uh, we have a nightly show called The Nightcap that we do uh, six days a week. It's like a shorter form, like 15, 20 minutes on a, whatever the one or two biggest topics of the day are. You can go to BearcatJournal.com. We've got a bunch of content on the front page. Uh, you can find us pretty much everywhere. Instagram. Find me on uh, X. And I hate that. X. It's so ass. stupid, put right? A, put a fucking X on my You phone. can't fucking. He can't fucking. <laughs> I, almost, I almost deleted that fucking app. The minute that, that update went through. I didn't think about that, but you're And right. I look down and there's a fucking X on my right. phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking. I'm not. I'm not about it, man. Me neither. But I didn't think about that, Chad. You put. Oh my god. I don't even know what yeah. you say now. Like you got. You can't tweet out your ex and out or whatever the right. fuck it is. No, I just can't even talk about it. I know it's fucking. I, I did hear somebody say something. I think I'm going to adopt. They called it Twix. Twix. <laughs> Twix. All right. T W I with a big X. Yeah. Twix. I think I might just call it Twix because I'm never calling it X. Because fuck those guys. It's fucking weird, man. Yeah, I don't, it's like Prince. They changed his name to a symbol. But see, he doesn't get it. He still doesn't know what I'm talking about. He doesn't Who? know why X is out for me. Why X is out for you? Yeah, Xavier. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Chad, I, Chad, I, I didn't think Chad. about that. I didn't think about that, Chad. Like, like when you started mentioning X, I'm like, holy crap! Chad, you already know my brain looks like fucking piece of Swiss cheese yeah. with the big holes in it. I was a part of getting it there. I know you know me from my past, man. Hey, hey Chad, hey, look, we, we used to have we used to have pay-per-view wrestling watch parties at Pork Chop's house. Yeah, oh, my nice. Wife, my wife put an end to that shit. Who was your no, <laughs> Chad, who was your wrestler, Chad? Before you got who was your wrestler? I was, like, I was a rock guy. Rock, rock yeah. yeah. Who's the greatest wrestler guy. of all time, though? Stone Cold. Shut the fuck Hulk up, Hogan. Man. No. Stone Cold. Man, shut up with that fucking Hulk Hogan who can't even wrestle shit. Hulk Hogan it's will so tell you he can't fucking wrestle, and he who was is it then? the fucking nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! Nobody, nobody controlled a crowd like Stone Cold did. At the, I'm telling at the peak you, of Stone if Cold. it weren't for fucking nature boy, there'd never be what? Stone Cold. What? <laughs> Woo! What? Woo! What? Woo! <laughs> Nature Boy, man, that is the best wrestler ever. Stone Cold is my number. He, he could be number three. I go Nature Boy, Rock, Stone Cold. I'd go Stone Cold, Rock, Nature Boy, then Hogan. Shut up. For man. me, Hulk Hogan. He can't fucking wrestle. No, no, this is my personal. Take it or leave it, Porkchop. Hulk Hogan, Sting, The Rock. That's where I grew up on. I'm sorry. I like Sting. I mean, Nature you like Sting. That, that, I like a lot of wrestlers. That doesn't make them the best. Nature Boy hey. is 124 years old, and he can get in there right now and fucking put out and sell for a guy. Porkchop was my favorite rock and roll DJ. That doesn't make him better <laughs> than the Fat Man. No. Well, it does now because is the Fat Man, is he still? He he's might probably still, he's still doing something er- somewhere. Like, if there's a microphone, the Fat Man will get in front of it. As you know, there's nobody better than Ernie Brown. Oh, hey. Anthony says he met Sting. I met Sting, too. When I worked in radio, I did a thing where he was sitting next to me, and that motherfucker stunk. Well, That's guys, what I remember about Sting. He did not smell great. Well, guys, before you get out of here, 
if something happened, we can't talk about Zeke Elliott anymore because he just signed with the Patriots. So there goes Zeke Elliott. Did he really? He just signed with the Patriots for one year deal. All right. Well, we kept Chad on long enough for that. But Chad, bro, I appreciate it, it, man. I really do appreciate it. And we're on at 3.30s lots of times. So anytime you want to pop on, you're welcome. Thank you so much, Chad. We'll talk soon. See ya. All right, man. Peace out, Chad. Greg, and here we are. There goes Zeke Natty, man. I had high hopes. I had T-shirts being made. I had a whole thing being made. It's all thrown out the window. You're gonna have to. You know what they do? The same thing they do with all those Super Bowl T-shirts when, uh, like, when the team loses, they send them to Africa. No, they do. They do. So, but like, board shop, man, you're gonna come over to my house for a bonfire because I got all this merchandise. I'm gonna put into a bonfire, man. Let's not burn it, Greg. Let's send it to Africa. That way, we can help some children. Put well, a yeah, yeah, shirt yeah, on back. Well, anyway, man, I'm depressed right now. We could have had Zeke. I had Zeke Daddy all planned out, and it's thrown out the window. And I'm just- Sally Struthers going to be happy as shit when she gets that shipment of fucking Zeke, hashtag Zeke Natty shirts for all the little children. Right. Yeah. Well, Greg, rate our show without Dale, our first show without Dale, on a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being the best show that ever fucking happened on Bengals of Brews, and 0 being a totally fucking suck. Go ahead. I'm giving it a 10 because Chad Brindle knows what he's talking about. Ah. He knows what he's talking about. He diehard knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about with Gronk. He diehard knows what the hell he's talking about. Oh, I figured you'd go with that Gronk shit. I don't know what you're talking about, Anthony. I don't know what you're talking about. That was edited by somebody else. I took a picture of his full body. I'm not taking a picture of his ass. Uh, I wonder who edited that, Greg. I wonder. I, I can only imagine who did that, but no. But no, like I said, though, but yeah, Chad was awesome to have on. I mean, thank you so much, Chad, for coming on, bud. Yeah, he was. Hey, before we go, though, I want to tell everybody, like, uh, tell your friends because you're doing them a big fucking favor when they find out about Bengals and Bruce. Tell them to get on here. And uh, you can go to our YouTube channel and you can go to uh, Facebook and Twitter. You can follow us all. X. You can follow us all in there. If you're on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you hit notify because every once in a while we do a pop up show. You know, we do these Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 3.30. We got a night show on Friday. And then, like, uh, if you're not a regular watching all these shows and you didn't know, we were also on Saturday. You know, they came on and did a, a brew cap, recap the uh, uh, the preseason game. You don't know that if you're not a subscriber, if you don't get notified. So make sure you do that, and then that way you can check that out. Also, I always like to push our merchandise. So let me scroll. I, I got it here somewhere. Here it is. Boom. You want to represent, you want to get out there and show uh, your Bengals and Bruise pride, or you just want a kick-ass T-shirt, because that's what we do. We put out kick-ass T-shirts. Make sure you go to our merch store. You, If you're on our X page or Twitter, whichever one you want to call it, there's a link to it on there, or you can go to banglesandbruise.selfie.store. You know what I do? I Google, I put into Google Bengals and Bruise Selfie, and it pops right up. You'll see the the... Hold it. He's over there. The can crusher guy. No, he's over there. Uh, up in the corner above Greg. You'll see that little symbol, and you can click on there and go there. We got also we got shirts that aren't on here. We got a blackout tray shirt that looks really nice. Yes. And we got uh, iPhone covers with our logo on it. Oh, I got one right here. See that? That's awesome. So you can go on there and get that now, and you can also get some koozies and some stickers and represent. So we'd appreciate it. We appreciate everybody in the chat. We appreciate you guys putting up with us every day, talking little bangles, having fun, hanging out with our friends. And uh, any parting words, Greg? 
Hey, you know what, man? I mean, I'm, just everybody out there, it's preseason. The whole cool thing about preseason is, man, I think you can agree with this, is just seeing all your buddies just chilling out watching the game, not having to worry if it's a serious game or not, just chilling I out. I didn't even watch the score, Greg. I was watching players. The, I, I didn't even watching, know what the score was. I was watching players, too. Exactly, that's exactly what I was doing. It was just how cool was it to see everybody at halftime with that big group? We had to do two separate pictures, but still, how cool was it? It was like seeing your family, uh, most of your family you haven't seen in a while, man. It was just so awesome. It was, oh, man, when we did that group picture, dude, that was – I loved it. Well, no, when I tweeted it out, like I tagged a couple people, I did not think a lot of people were going to show up. And we got – I mean, poor stuff. We get there, it's like, oh, my God. So that's was, awesome. Thank yeah, you so much. it was much. packed. That was awesome. But thank you, Gregory for being on the show. Thank you, Chop. And thank you to Pork Chop. And uh, I'm going to hit the button, but I don't know if it's going to work. So we're, we're out and who day and Good all that. Appreciate it.